Welcome to the Every Morning Quarterback, emqpodcast.com. It's 7.30 on a Tuesday, which means we have a very special show for you. Whenever you see us outside of the weekend, you know we got something special for you. We have a huge guest tonight for those faithful followers on social media. Uh, not all heroes wear capes, and we owe this man because he finds, he keeps everyone in sports. He holds them accountable, and that's what we need. Welcome <laughs> the founder of Freezing Cold Takes and the author of a new must-own book for any sports fan, but especially football fans, Freezing Cold Takes, NFL, football media's most inaccurate predictions and the fascinating stories behind them. Everybody, welcome to the Every Morning Quarterback, Mr. Fred Siegel. Fred, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you, man. This is uh, obviously we're huge, huge fans of the work that you put out there on Twitter and you know social media, but because uh, we always probably, I can speak for Connor, maybe we always spend our time when we hear a, a take from a sports media member that we're just like, what are you, what are you, what are you talking about? We hope somebody's going to bring it back up when eventually it doesn't age well and you've been doing that. Uh, let's get right into that kind of like, how did, how did this start for you? Um, and it, did it really get to where you thought it was going to be or did this thing really blow up? didn't expect it to be like this. I started it probably like in 2015, just as a counter to sports media people on Twitter, posting their accurate predictions along with self-congratulatory messages. And I just thought that someone should be the person to report, repost the tweets and quotes from those same media people that turned out to be wrong. And I just, I just became that person. I didn't expect it to become big, but it did pretty quickly. Eventually yeah, allowed when- yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, like, when was that moment that it, it kind of did turn and you were like, this thing is becoming huge? Like, when when was that turning point? Well, I knew it was like, had like a cult type following, like at the beginning when it got to like a thousand followers in a month and it was on sports radio shows and in local radio shows would talk about it. I didn't realize they were talking about it because I didn't listen to them because they were from other cities and I would see I got a few more followers each day. But then... It was like three months later, sportsillustrated.com did an article about it and talked about it a lot on Twitter. And when they did, it just, everyone saw, uh, you know, they they saw the handle and they just started following. So it was up to 25,000 maybe by that weekend. So it went from 2,500 to maybe 25,000. And then at that point, I knew it was big and it then uh, it just became something that media and everybody knew about by then and it just got bigger and bigger wow yeah i feel like you're uh what you're doing at twitter are just a match made in heaven uh <laughs> twitter twitter we know is such a vessel for so many different things on the internet but i truly believe that you're using it for its best capabilities with yeah. what you're doing what was, <laughs> yeah, inspir- yeah. what was the inspiration to take this uh, a little bit deeper uh from the beast that it is on twitter and uh create this great book well, I just wanted to do something in longer form you know, on social media and Twitter where there's really like it's only room for like a quote or a tweet or something for 280 characters, maybe like a screenshot of a headline. You know, the book lends the ability to look back at other things from even before the Internet age and um, that people may not have known or takes their or thoughts that people had about certain situations that uh, were very historical and people may remember and um you know provide context into why they were said why people had these opinions and and i'm I'm, I'm sure throughout the years you have some favorites fred is there some 
what are some of the worst <laughs> of the worst that you can kind of think of that or you just still think about you know that you no, think uh, of you know, the ones that keep getting sent to me uh you know like on twitter cowherd 2014 wrote um he wrote uh, Dak prescott will be a backup in the nfl period at tight end period <laughs> yeah <laughs> That is so and, Colin Coward. Yeah. In, and, uh, in, his def- in his defense, Dak might be a decent backup tight end. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah actually, why not? I mean, not even a starting tight end. Probably, probably <laughs> a decent starting tight end. I don't know. But uh, um, yeah. So that was one of them. I mean, it was during a game he was playing in college. He may not have been playing very well. And, so, and then uh, there's some, you know, like my first chapters on, you know, Patriots regret hiring Bill Belichick. They're just a whole cavalcade of opinions about that. That is wow. That is uh, just, it was so it was a prevailing opinion at the time. There's so many people talked about it too. Um, and you'll see that you can see that in the first chapter of my book. Yeah. So those like those are some of the you remember I all the time. I remember when Bra- Tom Brady, maybe after in 2014. I mean, uh, Tom Brady hadn't won a Super Bowl since 2004 or 2005, I think it was. 2004 season um they hadn't won the super bowl and then it was 2014 maybe 10 years later uh they'd won a bunch of divisions maybe got to the super bowl a bunch of times and didn't win and he lost to the chiefs money night football and they got oh, killed yeah. terribly and that was pretty much the end of the dynasty per media that was we're on to cincinnati wasn't it we're on to cincinnati was mm-hmm. um on monday and uh, I think that was the same game Trent Dilfer was on the field on Monday Night Football. It's a weak team, New England Patriots. Just face it, they're not good anymore. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. thanks Trent. <laughs> yeah, as a Patriots fan, that Trent Dilfer has really been uh, – Yeah, that was going right, right. Um, yeah. yeah, we're on to Cincinnati. was was on the Monday, right. Mm-hmm. So, Fred, people, they got to be sending you takes all the time. Now that you've blown up, you know, the public knows about you. Are there any takes that you get more often than not? And are there any takes that you try to hold off on posting? Is there anything you try to really stay away from? Yeah, plenty of things. I mean, I try to stay away as much as I can from take posts about things that uh, um, from people who um, seem like they're trying to get attention or they're just someone who's always tagged to me. You can tell if they don't care, they want to get posted. And then there's, uh, you know, stuff about topics I don't want to talk about, like politics. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, things about deaths or just about particular arrests that aren't, you know, you don't want to make light of. Someone gets arrested about something, uh, you know, like the guy from Henry Ruggs got arrested for driving the DUI and killed somebody. But then people are finding posts about him talking about he's a good driver. You know, like, yeah. Stuff like that I stay away from, um, but I'll get them all the time. I mean, one rap guy died, was talking about a drug overdose, and then people found the post about how he was so, so happy to be clean. Like, I don't want to deal with that, you know. I can't believe people are actually sending that stuff oh, to man, you. Like, anything, anything, so wow. yeah, yeah, it, it, it definitely does seem like we're in that age where people are spitting out these kind of as we call them hot, hot takes, just trying. Like they don't, they almost don't even care if they're actually wrong anymore. It's like they're just doing it to get people, yeah, retweet. I try to avoid those, yeah, as as I can. So you stay away from my, I guess, uh, Bayless and Chris Sims. 
<laughs> Realist, I get sent everything he says. I, I still do post him sometimes because I mean I can't get around it. Everybody's sending him to me, but I do yep. try to keep it minimum. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, everything that guy tweets. By the way, he just tweeted something a couple days ago. Him in full Cowboys gear, which I thought he wasn't a fan, but full Cowboys gear. Uh, just talking about how the Cowboys don't win a home playoff game, he's gonna let them know about it. And I was like, okay, great. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, so you've made some comments on Twitter recently uh, about like just holding on to some to some stuff that the about the people have been tweeting about the Patriots and about Mac Jones, just kind of being like, you know, what, I'm gonna hold on to these takes, you know, and we're gonna see. How well yeah. the season goes. Yeah. It, Those are the type good. of things like I hold on to. I get a lot of that, especially the beginning of the year of the NFL season. I think people are very quick to send in their old takes like to validate. Like something happens in the beginning of the season, it validates automatically the take or something's going on during the preseason. People send it to me like, if this doesn't happen, then it'll be good. Like, you're right. What, what is what is something that like someone has sent you about Mac Jones or about the uh, or about the New England Patriots that you're just Everything. can't wait? You're just itching to post it. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if it'll come to fruition, but I mean, that's a whole t- so many so many things about the Patriots' offense in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, like their their coaching staff allegedly are is in flux, and they they had bad practices, and it's just a disaster. Their offense is a disaster, and there's so many of them people are tagging me to. So, yeah, if they try to be, have a great offense, then, yeah, it would be a great thing to post. Now, like, let me tell you, if Mac Jones has a great game, his first game, I'll get sent that stuff immediately. Yeah. Like it's validated, even though there's not 16 games left. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's the type of stuff I get first week of the season. People are pretty quick with it. We actually got a right, – right. expect me to post it. Where are you at? Where are you at? But, um, like – you know, I don't do that at the beginning of the season. So that'll be happening a lot at the beginning of the season. A lot. Yeah. We got a understand the question there, Fred. We got a question from Brendan uh, who's watching, says, What what take are you the most sick of being sent? Is there something that people are just hammering at you? Yes. Some sort of Phillies, uh, some Washington Nationals post about the Phillies. Huh. Um, talking about how you know, making fun of the Phillies, like a Philly, they, they swept them one series in 2019 and said, this is, they're not that hard to beat the Phillies. Maybe it was 2020. And any time they play the Phillies in a series and the Phillies wins the series, they get sent it. You know, <laughs> under it, I have like a million posts under it saying I've already seen this a million times. That is so random. And what about that? the pitcher, the pitcher, Corbin, the, the Nationals post media was getting ahead of himself, like making fun of people for making fun of the Corbin signing, uh, how they signed him for six years. And, I mean, really the only thing he's done good for the Nationals is he had a solid second half of the season in 2019, the year they won the World Series, and then then he had a great game seven, even though despite having just an awful playoffs. Um, So that's about it. And then he's been terrible ever since. Oh, he's he's so anytime, he post, anytime they post anytime he has a bad game, I get that. Those two <laughs> I get that really quite a bad, bit then. Are really bad. There's one about Elon Musk about COVID saying COVID isn't that bad, like in March of 2020. Mm. Wow. I get that all the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Phillies, yeah. Man. Wow. Phillies. 
Didn't see that coming. So no, Nationals post. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's more like that. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but yeah, you probably get so many, uh, but a little follow-up before, you know, you're talking about how Mac Jones, whether he's great or terrible that first game, you're going to get a whole bunch of posts about it. Uh, one of the chapters in your book even talks about how uh, all these media members, you know, guys that are taken seriously in the media jumped all over Chip Kelly's offense after one game. Uh, it just one one yeah. half. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it was a one half. Just, I think. Yeah. I think. I think that really goes to show how reactionary uh, today's media is, especially in sports. Um, you know, they have entire television shows, to, whole networks centered around just reactions, quick reactions. What are your thoughts on the current uh, the current state of sports analysis in the country? Well, I think that back. Then, I think it's even. It was reactionary back then too. It's just it, it's more react. But news was like every day then in the newspapers. Now it's every hour, every minute. So it's even more reactionary, I think. Um, but uh, the state of sports analysis now, I mean, I think it's a real hard to do. Uh, I think it's you have a very strong sense of uh, I think it's really hard to to be. You have to say things that are in a way that's going to be interesting. And that's really the if you're going to be posting th- things or writing things that's more neutral or more, and it's probably some, you're probably someone who's not going to get, um, who's going to be less popular than the ones like the ones who are trying to get attention. I mean, I think getting attention is really the, the main go of it now, especially when you say, when you say getting attention, what, what, what do you think that entails? Likes on social media, shares on YouTube. What, what do you think that is? Um, all of that plus just, um, just views on TV, I guess, like ratings. Yeah. Um, no show where a guy's going to go, you know, well, well it's, the good thing about this team is this. The bad thing about this team, we'll see. I can't make a figure that. that's not going to get anywhere. Yeah. 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 I've yeah. never heard of anyone say it's too early to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Um, yeah. yeah. That's not going to yeah. get you anywhere. So, uh, I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the state of sports analysis, I mean, I, I guess if you have a niche, a really good niche, and you can do something that people like to hear about, and you're really trying to break it down in a way that's really good. I mean, I guess your best bet is like one of those podcasts. We could talk about it with people who want to hear. Yeah. Um, I mean, do it on TV. TV. It, it, that's mainstream. I mean, people are not – most people turn on the TV. They don't want to hear that. Uh, but there's people who do, and you you get those people on a podcast and – they listen to it absolutely Um, well fred tell us now about this book like where can people buy it and what are they in for when they open this thing up well it's not an extension of my feed it's not something that where i just post quotes like uh or tweets and and it's just a list it's something where it really goes into a period or moment in a team or player's history some of the great teams and players nfl history and a specific underlying sentiment was popular among the media you take the 49ers and Joe Montana and Steve Young back in the 80s and all the takes made back then and then all the you know criticism of Jerry Jones and uh, and Jimmy Johnson early when they were part of the Cowboys when Jerry Jones bought the team in 89 and up till 92 when they won their first title and um, they won their first Super Bowl and stuff like that the Packers when they hired Brett Holmgren um, Mike Holmgren and traded for Brett Favre uh, you know and you take a substantial amount of articles and tweets and quotes and they explore that it's in story form. I mean, like 
It's a, it's a story. And I think it's, it's something that you'll see a lot more things that you expect you didn't expect. And you'll learn a lot more about history than you thought in the NFL. If you love history or you just love the NFL. Um, it's an easy read. It's something that uh, you can read quickly and, you know, um, and it's something that you'll enjoy and it won't be hard or something you want to put down because it's boring. It's going to be something that's interesting to you. And uh, that's what I tried to make it. And that's the response I've been getting from people who've read it and told me about it. So I think that if you like the NFL, you'll love the book um, and you can get it in anywhere. Uh, Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, uh, orders, all those places and online and, if you go to my link, if you go to my Twitter feed, Adult Takes Exposed, you'll find a link to it and um, where you could find it. And click right there in the link and it'll give you more details on what it's about and where you yeah. can find it. I highly recommend it. I got mine off of Amazon. Uh, Connor got his too. We're huge, huge fans of it. Just the first couple, first couple of pages, I'm like into it because I, I just love reading about sports and, the, you know, stories from old days that we can kind of like, you know, remember. And there's just the first chapter is phenomenal. And that one part about Chip Kelly, when he was, he mentioned that too, I was reading some of those takes and I, and I remember, you know, after that half, I think uh, Vic was the quarterback or was yeah. he, was he not? Yep. Yeah. Vic, they had Deshaun Jackson and they had, um, they had Deshaun Jackson, the running back was McCoy and. Yep. Uh, they were playing against Washington and it was. Yeah. It was a great, it was a great half. All those guys. That's a good half. That's a good half. I mean, I don't tell you, it was a, it was a great half, Eagles. But uh, yeah, that was something else, man. Uh, so, Fred, we got a pretty fun game for you to play here. Um, the name of the game is called Mister Freeze, and yes, I know my way around photo uh, shop. That is you inside of the Mister Freeze costume, right there, Fred. We got you hooked up. Uh, we we uh, so we're gonna put two takes or two two or three takes. Some of the slides have three on this slideshow and you're going to, we're going to read them out. And you're going to tell us which one of the two or three wins as the coldest take of that bunch that you can see just not aging well and being yeah. possibly a freezing cold take down the line here. These are all pretty like recent takes that sports media members or people on Twitter have, have actually had. So right. actually people on Twitter, if uh, they're not famous, are going to get their name up here. So <laughs> I did not take the name though. So let's go ahead and start. <laughs> We got this one from Joe Spinoza. I watched every game of Kirk Cousins and Mac Jones. Kirk Cousins is in a league far above Mac. These lists are a parody. And then we have down there, Yoma2K said, you should always draft a QB that played high school baseball. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and Malik Willis was a stud at baseball. I already know he'll be a great NFL QB. So which one of those is not going to age well? Oh, the second one is yeah. the second one is probably more likely not to age well. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins a proven pretty good quarterback. Um, yes, yes. we're defenders here. We are. Uh, yeah, Mac Jones is. Um, you know, Mac Jones still has to prove himself. Uh, so um, you're better off. You're, I guess, you're better off thinking that if you're going to pick one of the two, that Kirk Cousins, someone who's already established, yeah, has. Agreed played competently as a quarterback and had some good seasons or good regular seasons. You could do that. I mean, th this rationale is already flawed. <laughs> Drew Henson. That's what's going to say. Thank you. Um, all those guys. Yeah. Josh, mm -hmm. 
all yeah. of those guys even growing up there's a lot there's tons of guys like yeah tons of guys that's what I, mean, I found just, funny is that whoever posted this chose to leave out Drew Henson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty more, too. Yeah, that's, oh. that's an interesting Plenty one. more. It's like, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's like. It's like, well, he played uh, baseball, uh, therefore. Chad Huffington was one of them, too. I mean, he was a yes, time. yep. I remember him. Uh, right, yeah, Connor, Mark, what do we got please. next here? All right. Oh, this is a verified user, John Burton. Speaking of reactionary, this is a couple days ago. I imagine this was right after the game. He had a nice little uh, stretch in the first preseason game. But Kenny Pickett, Hall of Fame. Okay. <laughs> or is it uh, Seahawks will eventually win another Super Bowl. Russell Wilson will never win another. Well, obviously the first one's, first one's more likely to be a cold take. But, like, look. I mean, that seems like a hyperbolic tweet, uh, you know, sarcasm, sarcasm, just based on the commentary, based on his game where he threw the game winning touchdown. And I touch on this in my book. I have a, I have a uh, chapter on reactionary preseason tweets um, based on like validation of draft or validation of preconceived takes pre uh, before, and then validation of those takes based on a preseason performance. And, uh, Kenny Pickett was a perfect example. Like the other day, people validating that Pittsburgh picked him because of this preseason game. Now, I'm not saying Kenny Pickett's not going to be great or anything. I'm just saying that this preseason performance doesn't do it for me, but it yeah. does it for a lot of people. So, like that's that's really what that chapter's about. One of and our fans said, "Jared, Jared yeah. Stidham." <laughs> yeah, that's yep. right. He had a good he had a good preseason. Yeah, Brian Mallett's a great Patriots guy for that. Tore it up. <laughs> um, speaking of quarterbacks, we got one from a from a current player, Tyree Kill, called uh, Tua the most accurate quarterback in the NFL, and then he mm. went on to say he was more accurate than Patrick Mahomes, mm. sticking up for his guy. And then Dan or Dan Orlovsky got to be on that list of the Chris Sims kind of just you know throw some stuff out there, see what sticks. The Panthers are a playoff team with the 2020 Baker Mayfield. Which one of those uh, is do you think is not going to age well? Well, first of all, the second one, both of them are really tough to really gauge on determine. You can't determine what, what, I mean, it's really hard to decipher these tweets because, or takes, because first of all, Tua Tagovailoa becomes most accurate, but what's accuracy? Well, what do you determine accuracy? Is he more accurate than Patrick Mahomes? Well, who knows? I mean, does he have a more better completion percentage than Patrick Mahomes? Who knows? I mean, I'm a huge Dolphins fan. I watch every game. I grew up in Miami. They don't. Not like Tua Tagovailoa is throwing deep passes, so I mean he could have it end up having a completion percentage the same or better than Mahomes. Um, and accuracies doesn't really always make what is a great quarterback too. Um, also, now what is the 2020 Baker Mayfield? You have to decide for the second one. You have to decide who who decides whether he's been the 2020 Baker Mayfield. Now everyone's going to tag me that tweet if he's terrible this year, but yep. then. Won't be it won't reach the criteria for an old takes expert mm -hmm. because he's talking oh. about Baker Mayfield yeah. that played in 2020. So he's basically saying if you get the Baker Mayfield that played in 2020, they will make the playoffs. Well, then who determines whether that's the Baker Mayfield? Typical Dan Orlowski. They're very hard to both determine. I think um, the second one's like I don't even think that could possibly be eligible because of that. <laughs> like, Dan, not, not even getting eligible. Layered. Wow. It's so uh, weird. Like. 
Like, what is the 2020 Baker Mayfield? What's the definition of that? Yeah. I threw in a bonus, by the way, because is, is Dan Olofsky is uh, – I'll throw it out here. He had another one in the same week. Red wine, all kinds, should be drank chilled with ice cubes in it. These are the things that people send me that really aren't really in my <laughs> Then I'm just a regular guy. Like, I don't know. Yeah. If, I'm not, I can't be the arbiter of all these types of takes. Yeah. I never do it just for fun, but, like, of which potato chip is better, of this person saying this movie was good when everyone did yeah. Um I'm, I'm just like, you know, like I, I can't be the arbiter of that, but uh, red wine. I don't drink wine, so I wouldn't know. Um, well, I'll give that one to my wife, and I bet you she would say that that's good. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think I think Dan Orlovsky uh, mistyped yeah. beer. I think he mistyped beer. I think it's ice cubes. I think I think he, he well. Dan Orlovsky also thinks you should run out of the back of the end zone, but that's another story. Okay, we got three here. We'll go quick, rapid fire. Five minutes into the preseason, and I've seen enough. Bills yeah. are defeated. The Bills are going to go undefeated. Never. Okay. Von Miller contemplating retirement mid year. Hey, that's our that's our Twitter. I just realized that's sure PSI. Is. What are you yeah. doing? Yep. Hilarious. The Bills saw the formerly great player make two good plays in the playoffs and sign him to a gigantic long-term deal, an insane waste of cap space. Man, I agree with that last one. Come on. <laughs> well, I think the first two are the first two are obviously the most likely to be cold takes. I mean, going yeah. on the field and winning the Super Bowl is ridiculous. They're, these are hyperbolic tweets, basically, basically during the preseason games. Um, the Bills lost to the freaking Jaguars last year. Anybody can lose on any given week in the NFL, so it's really hard to say. Um, and, and inferior teams beat uh, win all the time in the NFL, yeah. um, and uh, in, in one game. Um, the second one. Look, it's not a waste of anything if he helps them win a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if he wins a Super Bowl this year, it gets really – it has a Reggie White type year like he did with the Packers. Then, oh, then it doesn't matter now. Because that was the only way to ring again was yeah. to sign to a long-term deal like that. It's and like Chris you, Sale. Like, Chris Sale won the Red, helped the Red Sox win a uh, World Series. So can you really call his uh, – Exactly. So Him a waste of space? Kind of. Right, right. Because the only way they're going to get them is if they do that. So yeah, they wanted to help. They wanted to win the Super Bowl now. Worth a shot. Really, That's not really, like something really. Belichick would ever do. But yeah. Um, and if you ask Bills uh, fans, I think they've gone sixteen and zero the last three seasons. I they sure think they have. Yeah, so, they have. It's every year I hear the same thing. Oh, we're going undefeated. Right. All right. <laughs> uh, last one here, Fred. Uh, we decided to poke a little fun at ourselves. And I, I dug up some some kind of cold takes that we've had on this show. This one's still up in the air. I'm not going to call this one out yet. But um, the first one is everyone gets asked, who's your sleeper in this year's draft? Mine is a QB, over 9,000 yards, 1,500 rushing, Kellen Mond. That is all. That's the tweet. There was another one there that I couldn't find that we had that said Kellen Mond was the best quarterback in the 2021 draft. Um, and then this one down here. Uh, I have a video that I want to actually play you. It's 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 15 seconds long, and I want to get your take on the video. Our other our, our other co-host Brendan, who co-hosts the Patriots Pat Stans Inc. with uh, Connor here, uh, he had this to say at Week 10 of the NFL season. Oh, Fifth dice lambs! Oh, oh no, that's that's what Rogers is going to do to them Sunday. <laughs> that was nice, Anthony. Whoa, that one was yeah. That was that not, the Rams are seven and three. Uh, everyone loved them as potential one seed, what, three weeks ago. Uh, not even going to make the playoffs. Not even going to make the playoffs. Love it. Look out. 
So, uh, which one of those is uh, obviously a, a freezing cold take? Mm. Uh, well, I, I guess the second one, because I mean, like, you can't be any more wrong by playoffs, especially mid-season, and then win the Super Bowl. So, like, 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 I don't know if you care. The Kellen Mond one, you say he's going to be sleeper, but you didn't specifically say how good he would be in the NFL. Um, it was really like, uh, I mean, I'm. I went to University of Florida. I watched University of Florida. I watched SEC games. Tell Kellen Mond, that would be a tough one for me to endorse at the time. Although in 2020, when Texas A&M played Florida, um, Kellen Mond really looked like a combo between Mahomes and Brett Favre. That one game, for some reason, I guess because our defense was terrible. But uh, um, yeah, so uh, but he was always inconsistent. I just never really would have trusted him to be one of those guys. But um, yeah, so I think the second one. Second one's as bad as, as bad as it gets. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, do that and then have them win the Super Bowl. It's just <laughs> we've actually uh, we've actually planned this year out. I've already actually told him. I said in week ten, you have to reverse jinx it and you have to say, you know what, Patriots, no matter what they actually have for like a record, done, not in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Like, Bats fan, but oh, yeah, um, he's taking credit for them winning that whole the whole entire thing because he gave right, them all yeah, the motivation. Yeah. Reverse jinx, right? I get those a lot. <laughs> Try not to post them. People trying to reverse jinx their own team. Yeah, man, I, I I feel like if we were if we were on ESPN national media, Brendan would have just been cold take like exposed. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, like, everyone would have sent it to me too. Oh yeah, that was like definitely a Colin the Colin coward ask. Uh, Fred, thank you so much, man, for joining us tonight. We had a whole lot of fun talking sports with you. We've been huge, huge fans of your stuff from a, a, a very long time and want to urge everybody, like not even if yep. you're just a football fan, if you're a basketball fan, if you're a sports fan, if you're just a fan of a good book, go pick up this book on sale now. Seriously, everyone is going to like it. You already mentioned, Fred, it's a very easy read. Both Connor and I can definitely vouch for that. It's a really, it's a really good book. It's a must own. Um, and thank you for sharing you. that stuff with us. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, you got it. Appreciate and, it. Thank uh, you. Yeah, thank you everyone for joining. Everyone at quarterback tonight. You can follow uh, Fred Freezing Cold Takes up there on the screen at Old Takes Expose. You can buy the book anywhere books are sold: Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Go and get the book now. We're going to post it on our Twitter as well with a link to buy. So thank you, Fred, once again, and tune in this weekend for Every Morning Quarterback and our normal time, a normal slot. Everyone have a good Tuesday night. Thank you, Fred.